Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so last time in the podcast, it was the cockroach races and the big shocking reveal was that Coach Voss had been rigging the whole thing. When they confronted him, Coach Voss took off in a hot air balloon and the pesky kids gave chase in a helicopter. So that's where we're going to pick up the story. Today we'll be reading Chapter 25, The Chase. Here we go. As Loretta pushed in the throttle and pulled back the joystick, the helicopter lifted off the ground. They flew up high above the gardens. Soon they could see the whole town from a bird's-eye view. Karawong really is tiny, said Finn, looking out the window. Over there, said Joe, pointing to the east. The hot air balloon was just above them and travelling quickly now on the higher winds. It was already several kilometres away, but several kilometres isn't far for a helicopter. Roger that, said Loretta. She adjusted the controls and they took off after the deranged lawn balls coach. Up ahead, the balloon was rising swiftly. Coach Voss had the fuel on full throttle and the thinner the air, the quicker it rose. What are we going to do when we catch up with him? asked Finn. Do you want me to ram him with a helicopter? asked Loretta. No, cried Joe. We'd probably get in trouble if we murdered him, reasoned April. Plus, we die when the helicopter got tangled in the balloon and plummeted to the ground, said Finn. So what's the plan, asked Joe. Get above him, said April. I've got an idea. Loretta yanked the joystick back and the helicopter started flying upwards at a 45 degree angle. The others were pushed back in their seats by the acceleration. We're going to crash, exclaimed Finn. Silly Billy, said Loretta. I never crash. You crash through Dad's flower beds all the time with your horse, said Finn. That's the horse, not me, said Loretta. The helicopter straightened out and was travelling directly upwards now. It rose past the basket of the balloon. The coach shook his fist and yelled something abusive at him, but they couldn't hear over the noise of the rotors. Although if you could read his lips, it was something like, You pesky, pesky kids! The helicopter kept rising alongside the plump, rainbow-striped silk of the balloon. As they passed the widest spot, the blades came dangerously close, but did not quite touch the fabric. Then they were in the clear blue sky above it. "'Now move over the top!' urged April, as she tied Pumpkin to a seat. Loretta adjusted the controls. Now the helicopter was moving upwards at the same speed as the balloon, but positioned directly above it. The downforce of the helicopter was making the top of the balloon buffet and ripple. Perfect, said April, unbuckling her seatbelt. What are you doing, panicked Joe. Going to get him, duh, said April as she slid open the door. You're out of your mind, yelled Finn. 
Yes, I am, agreed April, before leaping out. No, cried Joe, frantically trying to get his own seatbelt undone. Finn slipped out of his first, clambered to the door and looked down. April was lying flat on her back on top of the huge balloon with a big grin on her face. She bounced up and down a bit. The top of the balloon was like a huge jumping castle. Suddenly, the helicopter was hit by a gust of wind. Loretta jerked the controls to compensate. She couldn't afford to get any closer to the balloon. But Finn's hands were so sweaty from fear that they slipped on the door jamb. He fell. He scrunched his eyes shut tight. If he was going to die, he didn't want to see. But then it was like he hit a giant pillow. He opened his eyes and there was his crazy sister smiling at him. Fun, hey, she bellowed. The balloon was covered in a large rope net. This gave it stability, but also acted like a climbing rig. April grabbed hold of the ropes and started climbing down the rungs. Finn did not want to be left alone on top of the hot air balloon thousands of feet in the air, so he followed. Up in the helicopter, Joe didn't know what to do. He had no idea what April was thinking. He didn't see how jumping onto a hot air balloon could possibly help matters at all. He also didn't understand why people were so upset about someone killing cockroaches. But deep inside his chest, a primal brotherly instinct stirred. If something dreadful was going to happen to his brother and sister, as surely it was, he couldn't let it happen to them alone. He glanced back at Loretta. She turned and caught his eye. She really was stunningly beautiful. That was Joe's last thought before he threw himself out the door. Joe was not quite so good a shot as April and Finn. He missed the top of the balloon and skidded straight over the side. Survival instincts kicked in and Joe desperately scrambled at the side of the balloon. His grip locked onto one of the ropes and he was able to catch himself before he fell. Joe hung onto the side, gripping so tight he could see the balloon tremble in front of his face because of the uncontrollable shaking of his hands. Nice one, Joe, said April enthusiastically. It was quieter now. The helicopter had pulled away. April's voice sounded normal, like they were in the kitchen at home. Joe hoped he wasn't dead and that the angels in heaven didn't sound like April. That would be too cruel. He cautiously turned his head and saw his sister beaming at him. She was holding onto the ropes casually, as if she were playing on the monkey bars in a playground, not hanging impossibly high in the sky. Come on, said April, let's get him. At that moment, Joe wished with all his heart that his sister had been swapped at birth with a quieter baby. He wanted to be supportive, but his fingers wouldn't unclench, so there was no way he was going anywhere. Suddenly, something stamped down on Joe's head. Ow! He looked up to see Finn standing on him. Get out of the way, Joe, said Finn. We can't hang here all day. Joe realised he was now holding the rope one-handed because he'd released his other hand to rub his head. Now that his hand was moving, he was able to persuade the rest of his body to follow suit as he slowly and nervously descended towards the basket. April was already at the bottom edge of the balloon waiting for him and Finn. Let's all swing into the basket together, she whispered. Joe was horrified. He didn't want to swing anywhere. He could drop or stagger or carefully lower, but he didn't want to swing. He caught a glimpse of the ground so far below them. They must be hundreds of metres up by now. The trees and buildings look like tiny toys. On the count of three, said April. One, two... At that moment, there was another gust of wind and the balloon lurched to one side. Finn lost his grip and dropped. Ah! he cried. No! bellowed Joe. He snatched Finn's wrist as he fell past. Finn clutched onto his brother's forearm with both hands. Coach Voss leaned out of the balloon and saw them all hanging there. What are you doing? he demanded. 
yoga, said April sarcastically. What do you think we're doing, you nitwit? We're trying to stop you. No way. I'm not going to prison, said Coach Voss. He ducked back into the basket and returned a moment later with a long pole that had a hook on the end. Get out of here. He started poking Joe and Finn with a hook. Hey, cried Joe, you're going to kill us. Not my problem, said Coach Voss, giving Joe a hard poke in the foot. I'm losing my grip, wailed Finn. His sweaty hands were slipping down Joe's arm. Throw him in the basket, urged April. I'm not as strong as you think I am, said Joe. You're supposed to take on superhuman powers when a family member's life is at stake, said April. Well, obviously, I don't love you two enough because right now I haven't got X-ray vision or the ability to leap tall buildings with a single bound, said Joe. Fine, said April. I'll handle it. April released her grip and slid down the last couple of metres of the balloon before grabbing the edge, swinging out from the basket, then back in. You're out of your mind, said Coach Voss. Yes, I am, said April, as she kicked the coach with both feet squarely in the chest, then let go and dropped into the basket. Finn completely lost his grip, slipped out of Joe's hand and landed hard on his bottom on top of the coach's head. Joe followed, awkwardly clambering down and treading on Finn and the coach as he scrambled in after them. You're under citizen's arrest, said Joe, standing over the coach. Ugh, moaned Coach Voss, displaying all the symptoms of concussion. Well done, said April. Good work, everyone. Um, quick question, said Finn, glancing over the side of the basket. Since we just gave a serious head injury to the only person who knows how to fly this thing, do either of you know how to land a hot air balloon? There was a pause. Mum would know, said Joe. I bet it's something you learn at spy school. It can't be too hard, said April. It's a 300-year-old technology. Have you got Coach Voss's phone still? asked Joe. We could look it up on the internet. Yeah, right, said Finn. Karawong doesn't get mobile reception on the ground. It's not going to work up here. If we turn this flame thing off, the balloon will cool and we'll go down, said April, grabbing hold of the switch. It's simple thermodynamics plus gravity. Easy peasy. She pulled the control hard and the balloon immediately began to drop. Oh no, said Finn. Turn it back on, cried Joe. April fiddled with the switch. It won't relight. Does anyone have a match? Luckily for the pesky kids, a slowly deflating hot air balloon does not drop very quickly, and they were luckier still because a strong southerly gust of wind blew them right over Wackagala Dam. So the only real danger they were in was from drowning, because after their crash landing they were too busy fighting with each other to swim to shore. By the time a local fisherman brought his motorboat over to help, April and Finn were too exhausted to swim anywhere, and Joe was hanging onto them, one under each arm, desperately trying to keep afloat. Coach Voss had regained consciousness immediately on tumbling into the water and made a second escape bid by swimming for the bank, running up onto the road and attempting to hitchhike. But it was not to be. The rural Kurrawong area was not heavily populated at the best of times, and there was zero population on the country road that day because everyone had gone into town to watch the cockroach races. As a result, the first car along the road was Constable Pike, searching for the hot air balloon, and he was more than happy to pick up Coach Foss and handcuff him into the back seat. And that's the end of the chapter. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.